Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. All right, we're live. Hi. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. On good, a good, good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Good morning. What day is it? Um, Tuesday. Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, April 14th. Yes. Um, yes, I turned 40. Seven on Saturday. Yes, congratulations. I survived 47 years. That was amazing. That's your I survived story? That's my I survived. <laughs> um, yep, but the um, Saturday was nice. I put did my hair and my makeup and uh, went out for a drive. Didn't actually get out of the car, <laughs> but we went for a drive because in case anybody's wondering, um, if you might be listening to this a year from now, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. Um, but yeah, and then we had, uh, my online birthday party, which we had a party. It was actually fun. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. So you say it was actually fun. Were you expecting it to be a huge fucking drag? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really know. Like, I didn't know if everybody was going to join and I didn't know if everybody was going to be like, I I mean, it was, you know, because we're all online. I don't know how much fun everybody was going to have. And well, we did the one round of Cards Against Humanity, which was fun, but then, um, and I know you didn't stay on the whole time, but I'm pretty sure we ended up, um, most of the night, and we kept going back to talking about our favorite shows. Like, everybody was mm-hmm. like, oh, are you watching this show? Are you watching this show? Are you watching this show? And um, so we ended up doing a lot of that. Um, and we also planned Eric's 50th birthday party. Did I tell you about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a Hugh Hefner theme. Yeah. Uh, and apparently we all have to come as Playboy bunnies. So save the day, Brandy. You have you have to come as a Playboy bunny. I'm not quite sure that falls in line with my messaging of women's <laughs> advocacy. <laughs> but it's we for can, a good cause. It's for Eric's 50th we birthday. Can, we can circle that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it um, seems like talking about TV shows is kind of like the main thread of society right now. Yeah, but you know, you know what I was thinking, actually? You know what we should do? Um, because after talking to the girls till 1030, I mean, we were on for like four and a half hours. And that's what we talked about. What if instead of doing a book club, we do an online like binge watchers club and we just discuss what shows we've been binge watching all week and catch up on those. We could do that every Saturday night. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. <laughs> I was going to throw it out there and be like, hey, let's just hop online and talk about because I know a couple of the girls. Um, so I got Ashley to watch The Hunt. She mm-hmm. messaged me. She's like, oh, is this it? And then Heather messaged me and she said, oh my God, you was so good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm, I told you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. There's a lot of good stuff out there right now. There is. Yep. As we were just discussing, but we probably don't need to rehash Yeah. That. <laughs> people are like, is, is this all they talk about is television? What kind of podcast is this? Well, instead of, so I will tell you that I made myself because I had, I watched so much TV this weekend. Like, I don't think I've ever sat on my ass watching TV so much in my life without being sick. Um, so I finally picked up a book and by pick Ooh. up a book, I mean, I put it on my audible. Um, because as you know, I don't actually hold books and read them. I list, I get read to me. Um, so I started, um, because you were the one that suggested it and you were reading it on Easter. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's the book I wanted to read. Mm -hmm. Um, Rising strong Mm -hmm. by Renee Brown. Yes. Um, And I can't put it down. I E I can't turn off audible. (laughs) Yeah. It's, (laughs) I told you, you know, and I, so actually it's really funny because a friend of mine, in fact, she could be listening. She reached out to me. We hadn't talked, I hadn't talked for like two years and we actually had connected over this similar author, Glennon Doyle. 
And so she had sent me this note out of the blue and was like, did, are you reading her new book? I said, no, I'm still trying to read um, Rising Strong. And she's like, oh my God, I'm reading it too. So, so it had come up a couple of times this weekend, but it's one of those books that I have started about 10 times and I get to certain points that are just so intense. I have to like put the book down for a couple of weeks and process it. Like, what do you feel? Uh, Cause I was curious because you, you said that uh, when I told you I was reading it, like what feels too intense for you? Well, there, I mean, so, you know, her, Brene Brown's whole study and, you know, she's a research scientist is what I really appreciate, but a lot of her studies on vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But if I don't know if you've gotten to the point in the book, there's a major underlying topic in her book about uh, do you have a fundamental belief that everybody is doing their best? I don't know if you've gotten to that point yet. I don't feel like I've heard that topic. I'm where I'm in. Um, hold on, I'll tell you right now where I am. I am in the part where shoot the reckoning. So I'm um, I'm almost done with the reckoning and getting into the rumble. So okay. I don't, I don't feel like I've heard that theme yet. I think it might be after the fact, but you know, that's one that's kind of a mind blower where you're like, like, what if everybody really is doing the best they can do? And do you believe that? Right. And that means that presupposes even people who suck and are doing shitty things to you and whatever that they're actually, so it's about being, it's about forgiveness and grace Mm -hmm. to people but you know I really struggle with that concept and she struggles with it in the book because you have people who do things you dislike and you're like well they're fucking asshole right reverse is well what if what if they're actually just doing the best they can so it's really interesting and no I I don't I don't think I've gotten to that part in the book but it, re- it does, it absolutely resonates with me because I think it's something that I have, I'm not going to, struggled with is the wrong word. Um, I feel like I have tried to be more compassionate may also not be the right word. Um, what I have been trying to do in the last couple of years, because I, I think we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast is I've been the most judgmental person on the planet. And I think if you're an asshole, you're just a fucking asshole and just stop being an asshole, right? Like there's, there's just no reason for it. But that's a really interesting concept because I, I do, I, so I wonder, is it, you know, is it really people are, people are doing the best with what they have because not everybody mm-hmm. has the tools to not right. be an asshole, right? right. So, um, you know, I, I feel like people who act like assholes, whatever that means to, Every, you know, each individual is going to think being an asshole is something completely different, right? People probably think I'm an asshole. Um, but, but I can't imagine people actually want to be that way. Um, it, it, could it really, could it, re- I'm asking the question, right? Like, I, I don't know, because I'd have to contemplate this a little bit more. Is it really that people just don't have the skills, the know-how, you know, to, to understand to be any different? Because we can make assumptions about people all day long about, we were just talking about people that live paycheck to paycheck. We could assume mm-hmm. that, hey, you're just not managing your money properly. We can make all kinds of assumptions about people, but we don't, we don't know what tools they have. We don't know what background they have. We don't know what they understand about themselves. We don't know that they have 
um, the psychological resources or emotional resources, mm-hmm. like, you know, cause the, her whole book is really talking about this mm-hmm. vulnerability thing and, mm-hmm. and being able to, and you and I talk about this a lot in our, in, in coaching, right. In coaching our clients with, <clears throat> with allowing yourself to feel emotions, right. Mm-hmm. So, cause that's a bit, that's the big underlying theme in this is the vulnerability leaning into the discomfort of whatever that emotional thing is and being curious enough to act, to try to figure out why the fuck you're feeling that way. Right. And how did you get, right. and then how do I get out of it? Right. So, um, and that's, that's a big part of what I have tried to do as a human being. And like, at least, and I don't think I did it. Like, I don't ever remember it being something I was just like, Hey, let me start doing this on purpose. Like, I, I feel like it was something that sort of happened intuitively or just organically with me for whatever reason and just kind of like that self-exploratory kind of thing and Mm -hmm. like oh this pain really sucks (laughs) you know let me sit in my pain for a few minutes and or whatever a few days and and then figure out how to get out of it and kind of like that self-reflection um but I do want I mean that's really interesting concept I actually kind of now I kind of look forward to getting into that that segment of the book because because I that that really, that really is interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, so I had to put really it. Really, are doing their best because that's with whatever the tools are that they have, right? Right. So it becomes like a chicken and egg, right? Like if somebody's doing a really shitty job, are they off the hook because that's the best they can do, right? Well, no. Then you've got to figure out a way to have tools to do better. So I, I, I have like this circular. So if somebody is horrible to you, right? On one hand, it can feel good to say, okay, well, that's the best she can do, right? Because she doesn't understand that the way she behaves hurts other people or whatever, right? She's doing her best. But at the same time, it could end up making yourself a doormat, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's still okay. Even if you can't do better, you still can't treat me like that. So anyway, so that's one of the spots, (laughs) right? So one of the spots where I had to put the book down and be like, I got to really really think through this. Um, there's a couple other places, but yeah, the underlying theme of the underlying theme, of course, the purpose of the book is about rising strong and it's not a hoorah, stand back up, go get it. It's a, you're going to fall and it's going to fucking hurt and it's going to suck a big one. Right? right. And it's, and it's really focused on, I really, I, the, the concept of you can't skip day two. Right. That's You've got to go through the right? suck. Like you don't get to fall down and then you're a heroine on the other side, right? right. So it's like, I fell down and now I'm a badass. Right. That's not how it works, right? Because you got to, that's, you know, the day one is you fall the fuck down and day two, day three is, you know, you rise up as superwoman. It's day two and you have to read the book to kind of understand, but right. the concept is the concept, right? You got to go through the really fucking hard shit in the middle, the painful stuff. You got to lean into the pain. Mm-hmm. You got to lean the, into the suck. We talked about this at the retreat. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't know if you had read that much of the book by the retreat. Maybe you had, you know, read it some by then, but um, you know, we kind of you you gotta go through this suck to learn anything, right? Or to to be better. But uh, you got a point. You got a point because yeah, it's one thing to say, well, they're acting like an asshole, or I'm acting like an asshole because it's all I know, right? And it, I'm mm-hmm. doing, but I'm doing my best. Mm-hmm. But you can't you you can't take that from people. So or you'll be a doormat. So does that mean then 
that that becomes how we deal with that person, right? So it's not that person's responsibility to learn how to not be an asshole. I mean, it is, right? Right, but then from, it becomes from a, my perspective, a boundary, I guess, developing boundaries. It's my responsibility to set a boundary so that I don't have to feel whatever that person's putting out, right? So does mm-hmm. that become more about me? Right. Because I can't fix that person. I can't make that person right. figure out how not to be an asshole, right? So maybe, right. That's, maybe that's where that piece comes in. Right. And I, I think that that's a lot of it. And just, um, but just like the, the concept that everybody on this earth is doing the best they can at this moment, which you're like, Hmm, I don't know. That's a, that's a mind flowing one. So I could try to relate that. I mean, we could kind of talk about, and this is not what we were going to talk about in this mm-hmm. podcast, but I've decided this is what we're talking about in the podcast. Um, so this is our podcast today. Um, so we could relate that to our clients, right? We could relate that to trading and nutrition and because um, I have conversations with clients all the time. In fact, I had several this week. I felt like everybody was testing me as a coach on Monday with their check-ins. I felt like everybody was like, hey, I, hey, coach, I decided to fuck off all week, but I'm ready to get back on track now, right? And, and how often we, we get those. And, and, you know, I do try to be rah-rah cheerleader coach, right? But I also have to at some point say, okay, well, but if you want to reach this goal, you can't keep fucking around, right? So yeah, everybody's doing the best with what they have. I'm trying to bring this back. So doing the doing the best that they can in whatever situation that they're in. Um, is somebody army crawling in and out of your office? Yeah, sorry. Uh, they needed their phone. Oh. A child needed her phone. I oh, pop- that's, that's very important. It's very important. <laughs> um, bringing it back to, yes, they're doing the best that they can, but it's our, doing the best they can and maybe they're falling off the, their nutrition wagon because life's fucking hard and it sucks or whatever right now. But it's our job to help provide them with the tools to understand why the best that they can right now is fucking up their ability to get to their goals. Right. So, and so I mean, this is the crux of why I struggle with this. I'll give a personal example. I had my first riding lesson yesterday, right? First official training ride since we've been back and it's been four months. And I immediately let some weird like head game boogaboos attack me, right? And I gave in to him. I'm like, you're right, yes. I am also scared of this door. There's no possible way we can walk by this door. So we spent the whole time in this weird place that got nothing done. And I felt like crap and I'm sure the trainer felt like crap and I'm sure the horse felt like crap. And I came home and had to have that conversation with myself. Did I do the best I could do? And the answer was no. I knew I was letting myself off the hook. I hadn't mentally prepared. I was doing everything I knew I shouldn't be doing, right? Like everything I knew in my training that would get me to my goal, I was just letting myself collapse in and be, I don't know, be do the wrong thing, do what was easy, right? Even though it ended up being unpleasant. And I think a lot of people are finding that right now. You're doing what's easy, even though you know it's going to end up being unpleasant. Right, because the consequences of doing what's easy now make it unpleasant later. Right, exactly right. 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 Whether it's on the scale or, you know, how you feel about yourself or, you know, or whatever whatever right. the case is. So what would you, what do you, what would you have done different? Well, like so if you were to go back and do it again and not, 
let yourself off the hook or whatever. Well, so I did. I went back and did it again today. And I get to go do it again tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I immediately had to stop the whole Brene Brown concept of don't just have the feeling, figure out why you're feeling the feeling, mm-hmm. right? So I had to have that moment where you meet, I immediately go to like, well, I was really nervous because it's been four months and this and that and lining up all the excuses as to why I was having this feeling. Well, instead I had to take a step back. It took a minute, but say, okay, I was feeling all of those feelings because I hadn't gone in with the right mindset. I hadn't prepared myself. I didn't go in with intention, right? I went in, I went in merely just trying to survive <clears throat> something bad happening, not how I typically go in, which is with an intention of accomplishing something. So I was backwards living, backwards, it's called backwards writing, but backwards living, right? I was, everything was backwards focused in protective mode, not forward focused. So practically speaking, once I realized, okay, these are the reasons why I was having that feeling that was affecting my performance, I came home. I made a list, right? Here are the things I should have done from my 35 years of training. Here are the things I know to do. I found a couple of good articles, right? As refreshers that address things again that I know I just needed to reset in my brain. And then before I went out this morning, I set a very clear intention, right? I set an intention of, you know, I'm having a problem in this particular area. I'm going to ride from here to here. And that's it, right? Like, I'm going from A to B. Mm-hmm. I'm not worrying about anything else. I've got to get from A to B. And we went out and everything started very, very well. I was able to apply those, I think. And then some things outside of my control happened. But, <laughs> <laughs> but even at that point, you know, now that we're talking through it, I think I was applying a lot of these rising strong concepts and these concepts that go directly to what most people I think are facing right now in this pandemic and it's a lot of things outside of your control are happening. Mm-hmm. You're off your plan. And it's sometimes easier to just atrophy, right? And lose track of the things that you know you're supposed to be doing because it's kind of easier right now. There's a lot of good excuses and a lot of reasons to be scared. Mm-hmm. And if you don't figure out why you're feeling that way if, and apply ways to feel differently, you're not going to change. Yeah. No, I, you're, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's kind of what I feel like I'm on repeat with every single, not every single client, but it's just like every, you know, every client is struggling. I, we're all, you know, we're, I, we're all struggling with the same shit, mm-hmm. right? Like we're off our normal routines. Nothing, everything is a little scary right now, right? So if you're not, but it's like how many of us are avoiding that scary, uncertain, right. like what the fuck is going on feeling, right? By right. <clears throat> eating jelly beans or whatever, the fuck, right? Or drinking too much wine or whatever. That's not me. I just ate the jelly beans. I didn't drink the wine. But, um, but that's what I'm getting, right? These are stories and you see it on social media, right? Everybody, you know, people are like, oh, I'm just drinking every day, right? Or I'm just, you know, like it's somehow... And, you know, in the Brene Brown book, they, I think early, early on, right, she mentions like, these are all the way, I mean, there were about 20 different things she listed off of all the things that people do to avoid the feelings, right? Right. It's 
eating, drinking, sex, smoking, you know, being too busy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, over, over busying themselves, which God, I could like the number of people, I used to be that person. I used to mm -hmm. be the over busy yourself. And I remember, and that was actually one of my favorite ones. Cause I, I know so many people that keep themselves so busy because if they sat down and had to, to think and feel in, in their thoughts, they'd lose their shit. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I remember saying that to a therapist when I was still working for the federal government, I did, you know, they would offer like the free therapy thing. And, you know, and I was like, it was a really hard time for us. Cause I think, you know, Nick was going through all his stuff and, you know, I was building the business and I was working 200 hours a week or whatever. I was busy, busy, busy. And I was, I was just like, go, 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 go. I remember sitting in that therapist's office and they asked me like, well, what would happen if you stopped? I said, mm -hmm. I'd probably never get back up. And I'm afraid of what I'm going to have to think and feel mm -hmm. when I'm not keeping myself busy, not having to think and feel, right? So, mm -hmm. and that, that's exactly what it was. So as soon as she said that, I was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. I know people, I know people, I could list them off right now. I'm not going to, even though I don't think they listen to the podcast. Shut up. Fix me. She wanted me to look up something online. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, the number of things that we do to keep ourselves from leaning into the, the hard stuff and really, I, I, love, I love the concept of being curious and then curious like having the reckoning. About your feelings. Curious yes. The why. So, <clears throat> you know, as you were talking about the pandemic, the pandemic. So last week, you know this, I couldn't get a grocery order in and I spent three days kind of in a really bad emotional place, like nearly in a panic for three days. I didn't sleep. I got up around the clock trying to put a grocery order in because I was worried we wouldn't have stuff for Easter, yada, yada, yada. It, we all ate. Everybody is fine. But I had to take a step, step back in the same concept and say like, okay, clearly I know we're not going to starve to death. So what is this feeling really about? Like, why does this scare me so bad? And I mean, I guess going deep, like I realized there was kind of two triggering situations for me. One, we came up very, very poor where there often was not food. And I think I started to have that panic again. You know, like I remember standing in the food lines to get government milk, government cheese and powdered milk. Yep. And I remember as a kid, the same age my kids are, they're not being food, any food, like zero zip bitty dude off food in the house. And I think that the concept that I might not be able to get food triggered that. I think the other thing that's been a little triggering deep down for me is, you know, I come from the military, the government, you know, 9-11 world where when there was the last world crisis, we were the front line, right? right? Like I never felt bad about any of that because I was in Iraq fighting, right? Like we were doing it. And it's very difficult, I think, for me in this one to be like, there's nothing I can do. And as part of that's probably control, right? Because mm -hmm. when I worked and contributed, I felt like I was control in control of it. And now like there's like ain't nobody need my help in a pandemic. Like I can't even dial 911. <laughs> but I think that's Well, no, because that's not gonna help anybody. <laughs> You're like, what what's wrong? <laughs> I'm really scared. I what? can't get I'm my groceries. groceries. Help me. <laughs> They're like, goodbye. Stop by. But um, but to that whole point, you know. Uh, figuring out like, why is this bothering me so bad? Why am I upset? And even just when I acknowledged those things, I felt better and could then refocus on the things that were more productive. 
Right. That's, that's such, that's an amazing reference. So, I, I mean, I can't imagine we're alone. I can't imagine we're the only people who've fallen face first into a vat of jelly beans. No, but, you know, I got payback for my jelly beans when I lost my crown. Oh, yeah. <sighs> and then I had to make it, make it out of the house, too. Although I, you know, look, you got to find the silver lining and everything. This girl has not been, I've been outside of my house. We've talked about this. I have walked the neighborhood. I've been on two drives my husband, so I got to go on drives, <laughs> like but a dog. I didn't leave the car like a dog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I got to leave my house like a grown-up, drive my own car all the way down about 15 minutes away to my dentist's office. I got to go out of my car in the <laughs> dentist's office wearing my little mask. Um, they took my temperature, and I, got to, and I sat in the dentist's office. Yes, I was excited to be in the dentist's office, mm -hmm. having a conversation with three or four of the dental hygienists and people who are not my husband and son or mother-in-law or you. Mm -hmm. I love you all dearly, but it was so nice to see random strangers' faces and it just felt good for me. I don't know where I was going with all this, but it felt good for me to get out of the house. So the jelly beans were, to lose my crown, were right. worth it. Yes. <laughs> because I got to get out of the house. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it all made sense. It all worked itself out. But, you know, I... I too have been, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I can't say I've had a lot of anxiety or fear with the pandemic. I, I don't know. I have had anxiety, but it doesn't feel like it's the pandemic. I have, I have felt really off. Like just, yeah. I mean, we're all out of our routine, but like you and I have talked about, like, my routine hasn't actually changed that much. I work from home, right? They, I'm right. not no longer going into the office. I still have clients. I'm still doing client check-ins. I still get up in the morning and I do my workout. I'm not picking my kid up and, you know, from school or, or you know, from work and stuff. So I, can't, I have not been able to figure out why I feel so bad, right? I feel mm -hmm. depressed and I, you know, we've talked about like I'm just tired and I don't want to do anything. And I, um, I, I have, I don't think I have really leaned into why that is yet, but, um, and, but I am curious. So, so yeah, so I actually, I, you know what, I, I, I am always curious why I feel a certain way about things. And so I am, I just haven't figured it out yet. So I, I am leaning into it. I am, I know I am feeling this feeling on a daily basis and I am wondering what the fuck it is, but it has not come to me yet. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And, um, but I do feel like it was partly because I feel like we're supposed to use this time for something good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, oh, because that's what they say, right? The days, the days the the say yeah, that, they. you know, you should find, you know, I should be reading more books or I should maybe go get another certification or I should learn more about this or do, do that. And I was like, I don't know what it is. But I picked up the Brene Brown book and I immediately felt better. Yeah. So I think that has something to do with it because I, I feel like I cannot just sit on my ass and watch TV all day as much as I am thoroughly enjoying Ozark and All-American. Yeah. Um, I do feel better when I am challenging myself with something, whether it's educational, whether like actual education for, you know, client stuff, right, for, for our business, or more of this sort of emotional psychology stuff, which is really what I love. I love, 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 love that stuff. So it was almost like the minute I picked that up and started listening to it yesterday, I was like, I immediately felt better. 
Yeah. I felt more productive. So I think that that's part of part of what it what it was is I was missing that, but I'm not sure what took me so long to do it. To be perfectly honest, like I so so I think I have a little bit more searching to do. Well, but. I have a little bit of a theory on that. I mean, on the surface, is that you know this whole thing happened so quick, like a snow day, right? And people reacted like you do in a snow day, right? Like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to screw off because I got you know, I've got a free couple of days and now this is stretched into four weeks, right? This is not a snow day. The longest snow day on the, the fucking planet. <laughs> longest snow day ever. And nobody has ever had to force themselves to keep the discipline, right? Mm -hmm. Without the normal forcing functions of life. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I think it's normal, but that's also how, you know, you're saying you're getting a lot of check-ins where people and I'm seeing, you know, my friends on Facebook, like, oh, I'm eating, I've gained 15 pounds, I haven't worked out, I just don't feel like doing it. You know, I've even had a couple clients, same thing, like, I'm just too tired and blah to work out. And my answer is, you just have to, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to. Yeah. And I don't care what, but you have to at this point, you have to maintain a schedule, you have to force yourself, even if it's forcing right now, to do what you have to do. Yep. Like, this is no longer a week-long free vacation or whatever that you can screw off and we'll make up for it later. This is months. Yeah, no, and you, you're absolutely right. And I, I also realized that I got stuck in that snow day mentality, right? Like, oh, the whole family's home. Let's just sit around and eat tortilla chips and, and jelly beans and let's watch movies all day because that's what you do on a snow day. Right. Right. But you can't do that when it's a four week long snow day or, or you're no longer going to fit in your clothes and you're going to feel like shit. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I realized that like, I just, and for the most part, I have maintained my routine. I still get up at, although I do realize I don't have to get up at five. Now I get up at five thirty or six. So I am sleeping in a little bit longer, but I feel so much better when I just get up my normal time. Sure. I could sleep in. I can totally sleep in. I don't need to get up that early, but I do for my own mental well being because I feel better when I'm in my routine and I get up and I do the thing and I, you know, get into my check-ins and I do my work and now I'm reading my book. And, um, so yeah, I, I, um, I, I think a lot of people would benefit from, from reading this book and, you know, it's, it's, it's just the concepts, right? And I, I think these concepts have actually probably been explained in a million other books. I don't even consider, I know this is considered a self-help book. But it's not, these are the, the kind of books I like are like this. It's not mm -hmm. the, you know, the hoorah, you know, this is how you're, be a badass and be a blah, blah, blah. Because none of that is true, no. right? None of that is true. Although she uses the word badassery in the book. And I was like, yes, because that's my word. <laughs> yeah, she does use it. But, and, but she uses it in a different concept, right? right? She uses it in the concept of doing the sucky emotional not even emotional work, but like being able to live in the suck. And that's what we're in right now. We're in the suck, right? The excitement of the pandemic has gone away, right? It's no longer fun and exciting. It is now just a sucky grind, right? We don't have our victory picture at the end yet where we all like emerge in our bikinis and frolic at the beach, right? We is are that in what we're doing? Yeah, well, you, I'm not. This is that in the arena moment, right? We're all face first in the arena. Mm -hmm. We have to stand up. We have to keep going. You got to keep your shit together. 
And, you know, the entire intention of this podcast, which we've now like completely wandered away, but we'll do that next week. (laughs) Well, and I think we're touching on it is the whole um, concept of you're not hungry, you're bored, right? Which is just another way to be like, unfuck your priorities. Right. And that's kind of, I think anybody who's in the struggle, if you're still struggling right now, you got to take a hard look. And if it's again, writing down a schedule, being in your food log, you've got to pull out every tool that you have to include yep. reflecting to get through the end of whatever the this is. Right. Because this is that, if we're talking about the day one, right, you're face down in the arena. Day two is le- le- figure out why the fuck you're there, right? Like what this, feel the pain, feel the whatever it is you're feeling, mm-hmm. right? Feel the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And be curious about why you're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And, and then, so this is the day two, and then you come out on the other side. So mm-hmm. this, this part of the pandemic using that, you know, cause you use that mm-hmm. as a reference, right? The, the first several weeks was like just mass panic and hysteria. Mm-hmm. And it, this is scary. And you know, oh my God, we're all going to die. And this is so frightening. That's day one. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the, okay, let's figure out our shit and let's right. really take the time to figure out why am I falling off? Obviously if you stayed on track and you're doing perfect and you know, maybe this, this particular scenario doesn't apply to you, mm-hmm. right? For, for those of us who've, who've suddenly got lost and off track and, you know, are eating their faces off and making all kinds of excuses because shows got canceled and, you know, this, and I understand everybody's world's got, you know, completely, um, you know, the bodybuilders, all their shows got canceled. And so whoop, everything just went to hell. Um, but then, you know, being able to kind of do that in this time period, then by the time this is over and we slowly start coming out of this, you're going to be on the better side of mm-hmm. things, right? And, and have learned something about yourself and your feelings in the process, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. I mean, stop eating your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you're I not can't... hungry. What was it? You're not hungry. You're feeling. Yeah. You're not hungry. You're feeling. You're so, in your feelings. Right. And so I what think is it? You've gotten that question, right? Like I'm, I've fallen off. I'm binge eating. How do I stop? You just, you stop. You stop. Stop stop doing that. (laughs) You stop. Well, and you know, look, I have, I, I'm not, I would say I'm a recovering binge, this binge eat disorder person because I, I don't, you know, it's like a recovering alcoholic. Like you're always a binge eater. I could very easily, like, I don't binge eat anymore to the, to that point, but I will, emotionally eat or stress eat or whatever and which would usually trigger the binge eating um but look but now right so i'm smart enough about it that i know that this shit does not it does not get better if you keep doing it right like it doesn't um (laughs) right so the the number you you feel like shit and the number on the scale goes up and your clothes are getting tight and the whatever but yet you keep shoving your face with the jelly beans I, I got news for you. And this is what I, you know, I eventually tell my clients, cause you know, there's a process. If it's, if it's the first week it happened, we're like, okay, let's just get back on track. Let's figure out what happened. You know, I understand the second week is kind of like the same, you know, and then by week four, if it's the same shit in your check-in, I'm like, look, it doesn't get any better from here. Right. right. If you keep doing this, you're going to gain back all the weight you lost. You're not going to be able to get on stage in October. You're going to continue to feel like shit about yourself. and that's it. It does yeah. not get better if you don't stop. So fucking yeah. stop. Right. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't mean go restrict. It doesn't mean go do a bunch of cardio. Cause I get asked, that sh- 
well, I just, I just, I gained five pounds this week. Should I just restrict this next week? Nope. Right. You just log your fucking food. Just get, you log yeah. your food. And you know what? Even if you're not hundred percent in your macros, log your shit. Cause you haven't logged your shit for three weeks. So now yeah. let's log your shit. Let's start there. Right. And then let's, and let's just get back on track. Just do. There is then, no, I have no magic wand to wave at you that says, this is how you get back on track. Right. And, you know, it obviously the logging is probably the quickest way to get back on track. It's mm-hmm. probably the most painful, right? Because nobody wants to, you know, if you are on a secret, you know, eating like crap situation, you don't want to really see how bad it went. But, you know, the quickest way to get back on track or the quickest way to get on track, if you're listening to this and this is the first time and you've been in this pandemic now for four weeks and you're like, what is happening? Start logging your food. Yep. Start logging your calories. No, do not try to eat 1200 calories a day, right? Get reasonable, but make sure you're getting in your protein, you know, good amount, nice balanced diet. That's oftentimes all people need to do to get back on track. Right. And even if you're just logging everything you're eating as you're eating like an asshole, right? It's still, that's sort of leading into the discomfort of things by mm-hmm. by really yes. looking at what you're doing. Like, oh shit, that was a 3000 calorie day. God yeah. damn, right? Nothing to feel guilty over. Like this isn't about guilt and shame and oh my God, you fucked up and you right. know, you, you sh- whatever. It's about owning your shit, mm-hmm. right? Look at how uncomfortable it is to see that you just ate 3000 mm-hmm. calories. Cause I got news was what I always say, whether you log it or not, your body does. Right. I don't, my fitness pal doesn't care if it's in my fitness pal, <laughs> but your body knows, right? Right. So, you know, you know, look at it and own it. Right. Mm-hmm. And understand that that looks like shit and it feels really uncomfortable. And you're like, damn, that was like 500 calories just from wine. Cause I drank the whole fucking bottle. Yep. Right. And, and I promise that's enough. That's yeah. enough for you to make changes <laughs> the next day. You know, the other thing, the other piece of advice I have to people for people, and I think we've talked about this before is you just have to set, do not cross boundaries, right? You have to set those with intention, no matter what situation you're in. And then don't cross those. That doesn't mean make them ridiculous. Like I'm only going to eat apples and boiled chicken, right? That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm going to cut out chocolate for, for, for three weeks. Right. But you know, if you have do not cross boundaries, then you just do not cross them. Right. And and those boundaries are your boundaries, right? Your boundaries. So for me, right. I joke, but it really has been jelly beans. I have legit mm-hmm. like lost my shit with jelly beans. Um, and so I set that do not cross boundary. I'm not ordering them from Target pickup anymore. I'm not buying them anymore, even in the little, because I was buying the little hundred calorie packs of mm-hmm. them. And I'm not even buying those because I would find myself like in, with the intent of having one a day. Sometimes I'd have, oh, well, I'll just have two today. And, you know, so I just, that's my boundary. They just yeah. don't belong in my house anymore, right? And grocery shopping isn't easy, people, anymore. So it should be easy to not put that shit on your fucking list, well, right? I mean, right. That's, right. That's, that's the hard boundary that I drew, right? It doesn't mean that I'm staying 100% on track, but I had to knock the fucking jelly beans off. You know, and I've had a couple clients that, interestingly, who have been very much on track and all of a sudden now are going through fast food drive, drive-ins, you know, drive throughs which 
I mean, again, for the most part, that's like you're going out of your way. You're getting in your car, right? Because you didn't just drive by it. You weren't, weren't on your way home from the office, right? You're getting in your car and going and driving to McDonald's. Right. And which is okay if you can make good choices, but if, if that's your trigger, then you've got to set a hard boundary. Like I'm not going through fast food, period. Yep. If like me, I know that I can't eat one piece of pizza. If I order pizza, I will eat all of it until I die, <laughs> right? Like there's no one piece for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, right? So I just, like that has to be my boundary. We just don't, don't do pizza. Yeah. So everybody has to set those for themselves, but you can't stand around doing things that you know are violating your own boundaries and then be mystified why you're in a bad place. Exactly. Right. So the magic answer is how do you get back on track is you just do. You figure out what on track looks like for you, Mm -hmm. write it down on paper and then do it. Right. And I, and it, and it does help to try to, again, we're usually falling off track because something is uncomfortable. Something's bothering us. We're Mm -hmm. out of our routine, you know, and like I said, this is an unusual situation for, I would say 99.99% of, you know, this country and every country in the world right now. But, you know, the, you know, like we were talking about with this, the, the book, and if you want to read the book, but, you know, lean into the discomfort of it, mm-hmm. figure out, get curious about why the fuck you're doing it in the first place, right? Because we don't go from being 100% on track for six months leading up to our show to literally eating like an asshole for, you know, for four weeks straight without there being a reason you need to fucking get curious about. Like right. why all of a sudden is this, are you no longer able to be on track? And this could go to maybe your why has changed, right? We talk about your mm-hmm. why. So did you fall off track because you don't even want to compete anymore? Maybe just being with your family, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, the issue is sit down, feel the feelings, feel the fucking feelings, stop trying to avoid it and figure out what's causing it because you, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. Yeah. You, you just can't. So, um, all right. Well, that was good. So again, so if you're interested, so that was, um, and this is my first Brene Brown book I'm reading. I think you've read a couple of well, very greatly. Is this your first one you're reading? This first? is the first one. And this is her most recent one. Okay. I'll also say she has a podcast that just started. It actually just started coming out at the beginning of this pandemic situation. Okay. Um, it is all the same kind of intense stuff. I have trouble listening to it because it is so much but if you want a good feel for her and she's done i think she's done oprah a couple times yeah she did mention that she you know she did oprah but i didn't know if you had read any of her first two books because she references those the daring greatly and i think there's another one and i did a couple i downloaded her second one after this one, I think it's the the spirituality the spirituality one. Okay. Um, that's supposed to go along with the rising strong concept and its connection with spirituality. And I think what really made it my jam, right, is that in in kind of in the verbiage about it, it's it's not about religion and spirituality, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. just it's how and that's that's really what I you know I get into the that spirituality aspect of it anyway. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, but obviously I'm not finished this one yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the same concept, uh, uh, same concepts I, I feel like I live by, 
it's really cool to hear it. And I'm like, yeah, I do that. I don't do it all the time. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm hundred percent great at it, but I feel like it's something I've been trying to do with my life for, you know, at least the last handful of years. So, um, yeah. And it's made me feel better just to get back into, yeah. you know, that, that I think that's what it was, Randy. It was like, my brain was turning to mush. Yeah. It was like on snow day overdrive. Right. Right. Where you just veg out. But the problem is, is I had vegged out for fucking four weeks. For a month. Yeah. And I was like, shit, I'm not challenging my brain. I need to challenge my brain. And now I'm back in it and I feel so much better. So yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel better about it. All right. Uh, anything else we should tell everybody before we sign mm-hmm. off today? Um, again, oh, so we, I do want to thank everybody for listening. Our last two episodes were like off the charts, the ones with uh, Marjorie and Kent. So yes. both of those episodes were like off the charts, our number one down, the number one amount of downloads in like their first seven days or whatever. So um, those were really great. So um, thank you guys for continuing to listen um please make sure you download rate us on um apple podcasts or itunes um you know that the ratings and the reviews and the downloads help us all the things do all the things do all the things we appreciate it um and um use your head don't get weird <laughs> i think it's we say weird. don't get weird and then use your head okay don't get scared wait <laughs> Right, you start it. I fucked up. <laughs> um, don't get weird. Use your head. It's all gonna be okay. And stay safe and stay healthy and wear your masks. Yes, wash your hands. Do wash that. your hands and don't okay. touch your face. Yes. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>